Hello, and thanks for downloading Hands On, a podcast that accompanies and discusses all the detail, nostalgia, and entirely possible events featuring in the new miniseries created by Peter Stray, Old Habits, The Rise of Hands. Okay. Definitely uh, rolling. We're definitely rolling. We're definitely talking. Not rehearsed any of this. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this special edition of Hands On. That's my mum, everyone. <laughs> mum, recording a podcast. Gone. I'm sorry. I'm going to go and lie down. I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt the podcast. No, that's good. <laughs> Please tell me you got that recorded. Oh, of course. <laughs> Many people um, think that that uh, uh, that 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 um, men making podcasts um, still live with their parents. <laughs> And it's in their parents' basement. But I'd like you to know I live in a different country and I'm in my parents' living room. So uh, that just that just goes to prove all of you wrong, doesn't it? I love it. Anyway. Absolutely love that. Welcome to this special uh, edition of Hands On. We're back. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're still talking about the 80s. We're still talking about Die Hard. Uh, I'm Peter Stray and I'm here with the ever-capable... <laughs> Steve, can't even. Steve, Steve, Steve Dennis. Yes, can't even say his name. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yes, yeah, Steve has uh, decided to to to. Um, he's glutton for punishment. Mm. Steve has decided to uh, stick around. Um, uh, the, the sidekick Simon to my uh, to my Peter Partridge, sidekick Steve, uh, the sidekick Steve to my Peter Partridge. Um, and as mm. Alan Partridge says in one of the episodes, in every generation, a, a true genius bursts onto the scene of broadcasting. Much more often, a fairly capable man wanders in. <laughs> and that's Steve Dennis. Thank now, you. Steve, tell us, uh, yeah. tell us um, how, how many times you have uh, seen Die Hard now that <clears> we're in <throat> our right. sort of, you know, uh, yes. we've, we've come back after a break. <clears throat> now, um, yeah, I've still never seen it once. You still only uh, see yeah, the ones. I, I I don't know why I keep getting invited onto this podcast. I think, but but yeah, I, I'm hoping to maybe diarise something for um for this Christmas because it's bound to be on. And if not, I, I shall I shall put it on. Diarise. Diarise. Diar- yes. yes. Diarise. Yes. Yes. So when I, when I, when I heard Steve say diarise, um, I did I did sort of think it's like dying in a high rise, which is not unlike Die Hard. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I heard. I didn't hear diarise in a. Um, you know, the sense of put it in my diary because it's um, it's too posh of a word for mm. me, I think. Mm. So, so Steve's actually outclassed me yet again. Or it could be like a modern day sequel, you know, Die Arise. You know? Die Arise, you know, the, yeah. Ne- the, next, the next part. And then the sequel to that will be Die Arise 2, Die Arise Harder. Anyway, Clash it, of Diaries. Clash of the Diaries. No, now, that just sounds like a couple work. sort of trying to schedule their week. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't sound very exciting. No, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Forget that. Anyway, uh, so... so anyway, I'll put it on we, the calendar. <laughs> yes, but he's putting it in the calendar. Yes. So, so uh, in addition to talking about Die Hard, you know, we sort of expanded with Hans on talking about different things in the 80s. Mm. And um, one a film that popped into my head the other week out of nowhere was uh, the Two Corys classic from the 80s. I think it was released earlier than Die Hard. It was um, uh, Licensed to Drive. And the reason this popped into my head was thinking about um, Days Gone By of the same school we went to. 
which was uh, Bishop Gore, mm -hmm. Bishop Gore Comprehensive. And Mr. White, the science teacher, John White, um, at the end of term, uh, he would always pop license to drive in the VHS player. The lesson was 45 minutes long and we'd only ever see the first 45 minutes. Each year we'd say, come on, sir, can you fast forward so we can see the end? And he'd say, no. And um, so... Uh, That's VHS as well, kids. Fast I know. forward. Yeah. Fast forward, yeah. yes. it was, it, And it would have taken probably 10 minutes to fast forward into oh, 45 minutes yeah. of, of uh, and then you go movie. too far and then you have to rewind then you've gone back too much you have to fast forward again yeah not, not all of this menu selection and scheme, scene skipping and all that sort of stuff in although DVDs. in streaming it's kind of not dissimilar you've got to like move your oh, thumb yeah. along oh, the yeah, thing actually, and then yeah. it's like oh and even if they've got a little jpeg in the thing it's, it's still like yeah you know, you you still, oh no that's the that's you've gone too far that's this scene and anyway mm. um but but so i just thought Let's let's have me and Steve sit down and see if we can um, find out what happens in the end. Um, and, and Steve, what, what what tell our tell our listeners what happens in the end? Well, in the end, um, he gets his license to drive, and he gets the girl. He does get the girl. The girl being mm. Mercedes, played by uh, Heather Graham in her first feature film role. Um, how how feminist would you say this film is, Steve? Uh, well, I, I think you have to look at it at the time. You know, it was eight, eighty-seven, different, different, different times. See, I'd say it's about as eighties as a Playboy centerfold spread featuring, uh, uh, you know, Drew Barrymore. About as feminist. Uh, as bad as feminist as that, yeah. As in, not at all. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the the woman's called Mercedes. Um, she's clearly an object of desire, along with a car. Her full name's Mercedes Lane. Uh, a lane, which is something uh, you can well, go into yeah. through. Yeah, but just many, many, uh, 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 you know, I mean, why not call Park it, it Mercedes Vaginal <laughs> Canal or, I don't know, um, Mercedes <laughs> Lavia. I don't know. Ooh. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, that's a model of Skoda, I think. Skoda Lavia. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's suffice to say it's 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 very eighties in in many. Th it, it has you know the angry black guy as the <laughs> driving instructor. Yeah, it's definitely Uncle Phil, isn't it? From uh, Fresh Prince, I'm sure it was. I don't know. I'm sure it was. If you're wrong, I'll cut this out so you're not okay. accused. Of right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, like me to get stuff wrong in films. Yeah. Oh, never. Um, uh, Richard Mesa, also a classic eighties uh, uh, character actor playing uh, Corey Haynes' dad. Um, I think you know, sort of. Clearly, that you know, they're looking for a bunch of people who are sort of doing this. Uh, I mean, he reminded me a lot of Jeffrey Jones in Ferris Bueller a little bit. You know, he's got a sort of a, a geeky old white guy with a moustache, and I thought he did that quite well. <laughs> yes, um, Jeffrey Jones, I can't remember, he might have been in prison by this point. I think Ferris Bueller was made in '85, this was made in '86 or '87, so who knows. Um, but anyway, you know, either Jeffrey Jones turned down the role because he'd done something similar in Ferris Bueller or he was not available for the role because he'd already been convicted of being a pedo. Oh, no. Yeah. Ferris Bueller's dad? No. Uh, no, the, the principal, you know, great actor, <gasps> Jeffrey Jones in Beetlejuice, yeah. Edward Rooney? The guy who plays Ed Rooney? Yeah. Yeah, no lots of lots of pedo charges, yeah, yeah. Not not a good look. Um, oh, no, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, gutted. Yeah. I know. I think he was. I think he was spot Ferris Bueller's day off. But uh oh, what's happened? We no, 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 it's fine. Oh, right, no, right. no, no. We're still, we're still good. We're still rolling. Oh, um, 
Anyway, so License to Drive. So do you have a memory of uh, License to Drive, the film? Do you remember seeing it? Did Mr. White put it on for your class? I'm still just processing that Rooney took Ferris Bueller's Day off as a... Right, we'll pause the tape so Steve can process that. I just need a moment. just need a moment. Okay. Right, Right, I hope you enjoyed that time off. (laughs) Right, what was the question? Um, When did I watch License to Drive? Yeah, what were your Uh, memories of that film? Ah, well... um, <laughs> a few moments ago, not very much. Uh, I do remember the film, but I don't remember the film. If you know what I mean, I, I didn't watch it in in science class. Um, I think must have watched it probably in the cinema when it came out. When um, on Saturdays, you know, we would have done that thing where we'd have gone to town with mates. You know, had a wimpy first, and then gone to the Odeon and queued in Swansea for that. And, for and international viewers, Wimpy uh, was oh. a sort of a, a competitor to McDonald's over here, Wimpy Burger. Yeah. Why was it called Wimpy? No idea. No, I don't remember. No. Well, did it have anything also to do with the British construction company or international construction company? No, Wimpy? I don't, no, I don't think right. there, was any, there was any connection to that. Right. No, okay. No, they, they were different. Yeah. So, yeah, so you'd have a Wimpy Burger and then go see License to Drive with his mates. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's pop- In the British popular cinema chain that, popular, that was part of the uh, Swansea Kingsway at the time, the Odeon. Yeah, I, I, that was a good cinema. That really was. And also, uh, we're now going to play you some classic 80s uh, uh, jingles and commercials from the Odeon. And then I'll probably edit in the dum, dum, dum. It sounded like West End Girls with the Pet Shop Boys. It's like, enjoy some drinks in the Odeon bar. Do you remember the Westless Hot Dog was one as well? Westless Hot Dogs. Remember? No, I think that's before my time. Westless Hot Dogs. Sure, it was Westless Hot Dogs, yeah. I don't remember that. Westless. <laughs> I'm sorry. Can we can we just get the mic really close to you for that? Whistlers. Why is it not now? Oh no! Do that again. No, it's just... Whistlers available now. Amazing. Mm. I'm sure it's something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when we used to go out, Radio Luxembourg. Radio Luxembourg. Yeah. Best sound you ever heard. Um, something like that. Yeah. So, all right, so so now we're going to bring it back to Hans and Die Hard because everything does need to come back to that. Uh, so, well, yes, otherwise, otherwise it's just it's just a podcast about me and you yeah, rambling about rambling. The 80s. Well, that's a lot of it anyway. But so so here's the thing. So so um, how does License to Drive? Can you can you find or think of any connections between License to Drive and Die Hard? I can think of, of just one basic one. That's about it. Oh God. Um, uh, No, no. I think I think the only I thing I can think again. of. You failed again. <laughs> oh wow! This is this is a bit like Japanese TV, where they just sort of get people to embarrass themselves to really horrible things. Is is that is this is all, this whole is just about Steve and oh. and how his lack of knowledge on certain things. And Steve is a very knowledgeable, intelligent man. But everything we put in front of him on this podcast, <laughs> I don't. It's a bit. It's a bit like um, getting an anaphylactic on the show and then saying, "Eat these peanuts." <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. It's just. It's just a bit cruel. But you know, he he's human me with, with sort of coming on and having a banter. And there's no one who's better banter than Mr. Steve Dennis. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, so the only basic yeah. thing I can think of with License to Drive uh, uh, connection to Die Hard is that I, it looks like it's set in L.A. Is it L.A.? 
Yeah. Even that, we can't really confirm looking at that thing if it's always just just Southern California, but it's definitely Southern California. If you look at the light and the houses and everything. Uh, Well, your knowledge of America would be way better than mine. But the only thing I realized is because there was a very steep hill in that cliff that we watched. That's right. Yeah, LA does have a bunch of those. Uh, Well, so does San Francisco, but then there would have been trams and shots of the Golden Gate Bridge. Ah, very true. That's a good point. So, all right, here's the the thing. Here's the fun part, though. what would the film license to drive be like if Hans and his crew showed up? <laughs> um, if they showed up in what? In, what in, in license to drive. <laughs> just in the plot. If it was like, all right, now a group of European terrorists are going to show up, led by a charismatic leader who sort of fancies himself a bit of a Bond villain. Like, what? How does that work with the two Corys? One of whom's trying to get his driver's license to get a girl. What, like for getaway drivers or something? It, it could be. That actually sounds like... See, you've got better ideas than me. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. It's like Drive with Ryan Gosling, except, or Baby Driver, but it's it's just Corey Haim having gotten his driver's license. And then somehow like their getaway driver has been nabbed by the cops. And then, uh, and then Hans shows up. Yeah, or, or maybe, maybe one of Hans's crew is actually sort of works in the, the you know the driving place. The that, DMV. That, yeah. <laughs> Why would Hans hire a a, t- a guy from the DMV? <laughs> no, no, no. They work there, and so they, they so they they recruit like someone who's just passed their test. No, why would they do that? It doesn't make. Yeah, if you want a getaway driver, why would you get someone... What are you doing on the weekend? Well well done, you passed your test. What are you doing on the weekend? Perhaps you'd like to to have some driving experience. (laughs) Yes, like the kinds you see in the movies where the cops are chasing you. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good idea. Okay, right, so one of his terrorists (laughs) works at the DMV. (laughs) Yeah. Works at the DMV. You know what, I'm going to say out of all those terrorists... I feel like maybe it would have to be Eddie, the Texan. Like the one, I mean, not even Theo, because Theo's like some computer genius. Like, all I can think of is that Theo, like, maybe they would just, like, kill the real driving instructor. And then, like, one of them would, like, substitute themselves and go in and say, okay, you're going to back out of the driveway now. And now you're going to take a left turn. And then... They assess the driving skills, and then if someone's actually quite good, they'll say, "Hey, buddy, we're gonna we're gonna just hire you for a little bit of extra driving experience." <laughs> yeah, right. And so, so what? A, so, so Corey Haim unwittingly becomes a getaway driver for Hans Gruber, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you know, let's say, uh, like in in um, the the old habits, uh, the the you know, we go into a parallel universe where Hans actually got away with it. Um, suddenly, Corey Haim's Les Anderson is now part of their team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so so let's say he's part of their team. They've he's actually been given bearer bonds from from Nakatomi. Um, do you think he's do you think he's moral and 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 gives them up to the police? Gets what? Sorry, he gets like the you know the bearer bonds, the things that that were uh, in the vault sort of you know it's like another form of currency oh right does he give them up yeah like does does the Corey Haim character get um sort of a conscience and like reveal all this to the police I don't know it's getting complicated now isn't it but here's the thing like he's got he's rich and now he can drive and so 
I, I feel like he might just like become a criminal just so he can stay trying to impress Mercedes. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. Because then he could actually buy himself a Mercedes. Yeah. And then, yeah. then he's got Mercedes in a Mercedes. And then blow his cover. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he's. I don't Where's think the character's very intelligent. I mean, even Corey Hamer said, "Damn it, my mouth is agape like an idiot during most of the movie." Do you know what? Yeah, that I I did notice that actually, even in those short clips that we watched on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's, bit... yeah. Can you imagine like Tony's like? I'm not sure I like this man, Hans. His mouth is open. He looks like a <laughs> stupid idiot. And Hans is like, beggars can't be choosers, Tony. Les Anderson, it is. <laughs> I mean, I think if this is someone who's who's like, you know, if I feel like he's not lying where he he says. You know, we have left nothing to chance to the Nakatomi hostages. I mean, they really weren't expecting McLean. Like, that's a one in a million, you know. So it's like they, they really haven't left anything to chance. So I feel like the chances of them hiring Corey Aim to be their getaway driver is quite quite low. But it does make for a funny... Uh, uh, just a funny musing. Or maybe, maybe Corey Haim was the one that ended dri- driving the limo. Oh! So you get Corey Haim instead of Argyle. I'm not sure you could have Die, die Hard without Argyle, though. Oh no, that would be yeah, that would be a big change, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Unless it was like Argyle is bringing Les Anderson with him on his shift as a trainee, <laughs> and there's two limo drivers with Bruce Willis, and then they have banter. But then you sort of think, well, does it work with Corey Haim and someone other than Corey Feldman having banter? Did you know, like, is it like sort of chopping off his arm? Yeah, it doesn't really work, does it? Scrap that. Scrap that. Yeah. I know. Well, but license to license license to die hard. I think is a, <laughs> an interesting, but probably unlikely uh, mesh. What are, the cross- what are the crossovers? Could you have like that? Um, Steve really earning um the um two jelly babies. I give him per episode. Excellent. Yes. Uh, and you even get to choose the the color. Ooh. Um, I'll go with the red one. Two. Two red jelly babies? Hmm. Or do you want two? One different colour. Uh, <laughs> I'll have red and I'll have the yellow one. Red and yellow jelly babies. There you go. Excellent work, Steve. G- great choice. Mm. Oh, good. Mm. And, um, okay, so so uh, so, so I, I was thinking licence to cocktail hard. Yeah. Licence to, to die hard and cocktail. So oh, after... Three. That's three then, isn't it? Three licence to, to... Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Okay, no, no I'm sorry. Uh, die... Die Hard Cocktails. So the idea here is that um, uh, having escaped Nakatomi, they go to the same, they escape to the same uh, exotic place where Tom Cruise is strutting his stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, so there's that. That could that could kind of work. Link, like, loads of different 80s films together where somehow they all, like, like you can have Back to the Future that suddenly links to the Nakatomi Plaza, then links to them all going to the cop- have cocktails at Tom Cruise's cocktail bar. Um, how would, I mean, I don't know how, how would Marty McFly, I, I don't know what he would do in that situation, though. I don't no. think he'd be as effective as it's John McClane. It's got McClane. terrorists in it, isn't it? Say again? It's got terrorists in it. The beginning. Oh, yeah, it's got it's Libyan Iranians. terrorists. Libyans, not Iranians. Yeah, Libyans, yeah. It's, it's. I mean, you know, it's another sort of maybe slightly dodgy 80s. And then that sort of, maybe, maybe that, <laughs> that scene changes, and they're actually in the car park of the Nakatomi Plaza. He fires, he fires the, um, the... Bazooka. bazooka and then it's the nakatobi plaza that blows up oh thus completely ruining the plot 
Or, no, you don't even need the Libyan terrorists because that's a bit racist. And, you know, and actually, um, Hans's workforce work, 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 Hans's workforce was pretty diverse. And, you know, at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. no, I'm not knocking it. Not no, no. So what I'm saying is, what if, what if Doc, Doc Brown's experiment was in the car park of Nakatomi Plaza and then, you know, they were just just about to, uh, um, you know, sort of do do the test as Hans and his crew came out. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean, yeah. So then then Doc gets shot by Hans. Um, Marty escapes to the past. I don't know. Then you wouldn't really get Hans and Marty together. caught up in the hostage situation. <laughs> I mean, there could be a thing where he helps John McClane and then he goes, and then the first time Hans pulls Holly out of the building, which actually did happen in the book, is that it was a cop and his daughter... And then the the terrorist grabs the the watch and actually does pull her out of the building and she dies. Um, So that could happen the first time. And then Marty goes back in time and helps um, John McClane um, get it right the second time and unhook the watch. Yeah, yeah. Then they go for cocktails and Tom Cruise is doing his cocktails. We're down in Oklahoma. Um, Now, uh, I mean, it was also um, Top Die Gunhard. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's trickier, though. Yeah, that well, I mean, here's the thing, is that if they were part of an airstrike called on Hans after he'd escaped, you know, but then but then here's the thing, is that Hans and crew, like, they've, they've, um, they've hired some new German thugs, like the ones with the rocket launcher in the building who got yeah. blown up by Willis. Yeah. They shoot down Maverick, but Maverick parachutes out. And so now, you know, a bit like in the sort of the, re- the, the new, the reboot thing... Where you know he's parachuted out, and him and Miles Teller are like sort of wandering around, you know, having sort of they have a sort of on foot adventure, and then steal an enemy plane. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he could be like wandering around, you know, and then gets like captured by Hans or chased by Hans. So Maverick could end up in the same situation, you know, as Bruce Willis, you know, getting sort of chased around wherever they are, uh, having been shot down, you know. Yeah. And then he could like you know steal local people's cars and then there's a car chase you know because you remember what he says in the new maverick movie it's not the plane it's the pilot ah. and wouldn't you like to see um tom Cruise? wouldn't you like to see 80s maverick in a skoda you know octavia, uh, octavia. yeah there it is i got it. i used to have a skoda octavia yeah there it is so you got you got you got tom cruise in a skoda yeah. zipping around being chased by hans and crew <laughs> it's genius yeah Top tie gun hard. Then they all end, end up having cocktails in Tom Cruise's car. <laughs> oh my god, two cruises. Yeah. Oh god, yeah. <gasps> Doppelganger. Dop- Doppelganger cruise. I don't. No. I mean, kind of one's enough, isn't it? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise overload. Yeah. Yeah. Even for him, I think he might explode. <laughs> Could do. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Is that he does all these stunts? He's like, he's like hanging off buildings. He's hanging off planes. But the thing that does him in is finally meeting himself, and it's just too much cruise for the universe to handle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that'd be good. It'd be both, good. Both of them implode. Yeah. Yeah.